Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Welcome to the Mike and X show. We'll be today just joining you. We're actually going to be joined by Dan Petru, who's having some issues with his computer. Um, they're in counseling right now. They should be able to work it out. Yes. And um, and then along, later, by- along along with all the American soccer fans who are in counseling right now. Oh man! And then Kevin Allen joining us in just a little while as well from Vegas um, to talk about what's going on there. And he might have some news for us about something um, regarding the, a new team that's going to be announced in a in a, like a three two and a half hours. As we spend our last two and a half hours with you, the last two and a half hours, I mean. Of our lives. No, the last two and a half hours. Let me move this over here. Um, with 30 uh, teams in the NHL, because soon we'll be, at, we'll be at 31. Hello, Dan. Hey, sorry about that. Okay, we are live. Um, we're just talking about this. The last two and a half hours we're going to have before of, of us having a 30-team NHL, because we're going to be in 31 teams shortly. Uh, and I wonder, if, are we, does anybody know if we're going to get like a team name today or anything like that? All indications is, is it's the Las Vegas Black Knights. It is, Okay. I don't great, love that. I'm not. I don't love that either. I like Knights. I like Las Vegas Knights. Yeah, I've never been. A, I like Las Vegas Knights. is pretty cool on a couple levels, right? I mean, that's right. Like, yeah, as you spell it, K N I G H T S. You know, it's uh, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the incorporated name for Bill Foley's um, venture is Black Knights. I think it's Black Knights. Right. So I, I right. think it's going to be Black Knights, and he, I guess he's naming it after. On the uh, the Black Knights from West Point for Army. Okay, which is like, it's hard to argue with that, obviously. It is. But um, you know, and I, I mean, and let's admit it, they will be called the Knights, right? Because every right. um, I mean, the Red Wings are the Wings, the Black, the, the Red Sox are the Sox. You know, I mean, the Mighty Ducks are the Ducks. Mighty Ducks are the Ducks. They're not even they only have the word Mighty in them anymore. Um, but yeah, I think anytime you anytime you put a color with it, you know, the one thing that I does disappointing about this though is this this tells us right now that is um. That we are going that we are going to see another team that is obviously going to be wearing black, like another black team. I'm I'm not a big black jersey fan myself. Like I think that we have enough. I love colored. I love colors. I mean, I get the Penguins being black. They've always been black. That's fine. I'm a big fan of their yellow jerseys, which they never wear. Well, um, I, I don't know whether the mock-ups that came out a couple of days ago are going are the actual jersey. I mean, we'll probably find not. Them. I doubt those leak. Right, but uh, well. Uh, I will say this, Dan, because you know, everything you know everything goes back to the Maple Leafs. Um, the website that revealed the emblem a few months ago and got it dead on, they revealed what is purported to be the new jersey that Austin Matthews will put on on, on the draft floor on Friday. Wait, Winnipeg's getting a new jersey? <laughs> nice, nice try, nice try. Um, but it's it's the it's the, the 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 new emblem, the new frilly Maple Leaf, but. It's a very simple design, not a lot of extra stripes. It's very, very understated and very classic. I think Leaf fans are going to go bazon- bonkers for it. Now, this is the this is the last year of Reebok, right? This is the yeah right. This is the this is the first first year of the new one. I thought. Oh, I thought Adidas was next year, not this year. Ah, uh, well, I I, this year. Yeah, I think they are. They are. They are sixteen, seventeen. I thought they were seventeen, eighteen. I might be wrong. 
Yeah, no, I think I think I think they're this year. I'm pretty sure. So that would mean 31 new uniforms then. Right, but there's right. not going to be any design change with other ones. I mean, at least I mean, oh well, we know Florida. There's a design change because they're you know the new right. emblem, which I think looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars emblem. I love it. Do we have a? Um, could you send me a link to that, Mike? I can put pop it up here and, and yeah, can, or just just tweet, just text it it's, to me. Uh, I, text it to uh, me. Yeah, no problem. That'd be good. Um, yeah, because I, I want to show everybody that if you haven't seen it. Um, this is interesting because the NHL didn't plan this very well. There's a, in that the Leafs are now turning, um, as we know, the Leafs are turning 100, and all of the expansion teams are turning 50 the same year, right? So that's that is you know, <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't think there was any plan on that originally. Like at the 50th anniversary of the Maple Leafs, where they went, they expanded to 60 to to 12, six more teams, right? But um, it is true. I mean, with all these all these 67 teams, the the next six, not the original six, but the next six, all turning 50 the same year. I mean, the Flyers released or are, are or have are about to release their 50th anniversary jersey or things like that too. So, you know, that's pretty interesting. Um, okay, I'm looking at this here. Okay, here's the new lease logo. Okay, so this is not bad at all. I, I can take a picture of this. I think and figure it out. Let's see. Um, or screen? Can you screen screen? Yeah, the screen grabbed on Google Hangouts doesn't work anymore very well. But I'm going to try it here. Let me try. It this looks out. nice. You're right. Very classic. Yeah, I like it. No, I do. I like it. That's totally fine. And that's actually a kind of a cool combination of um, of different jerseys that they've had over the years, right? So yeah. Well, I mean, th this emblem that we can see in the background here. Oh, yeah. Cow. The screen grab works all of a sudden. Hey, there you go. That looks nice. Very simple, and you know, I mean, honestly, one, you know, most Leaf fans hate the Canadians, but they love the jerseys. The jerseys are classic. They never change. They're very similar to the way they were 40, 50 years ago, and, you know, the old Leaf was the, the Leaf of Harold Ballard that was changed over 1970, and that, I think this emblem has only been associated with losing over the last 46 years, so it's time to move on past this. Right. And that's what they're doing. And I like this emblem. I like, you know, the, the 13 branches you see are representative of the 13 Stanley Cups, the Leafs. Oh, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see, and really, I think, yep. exciting for many thousands of Leaf fans who will invade the first Niagara Center on Friday to cheer on Austin Matthews. And I think there's a nice, nice nostalgic look to it. You know, it has it, it has is. a it has an older feel. It has a 50s style look to it. And it, you know, sometimes less is more. These yep. teams screw around with jerseys so many times. They change their colors so many times. Then they go back to what they originally wore, and everybody, you know, everybody's happy. I'm really happy that there's not, you know, strange like half leaf or anything like that on it. That it's just that because right. the maple leaf itself is. Is so this actually looks like throwback more than anything else. Is there going to be anything on the shoulders? No. Okay. Nothing on the shoulders. So they really are going just, which is cool. Yeah. This is this is the throwback '64 Leaf jersey. See, I like that one too. Yes, and then th That's this. I mean, this is like a mixture of those two. Mm -hmm. Right. This was a. I mean, and this was this was made by Coho. So and this was right. a, about ten years ago, a little maybe a little older. But this, I mean, the, the emblem is very similar. But, yeah, very similar. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 a combination of the. I I just think that the jersey is understated. Not too many stripes, not too many distractions, and a simple, you know, the old classic emblem. I think a lot. I think they will they will sell like hotcakes, especially a thirty four Matthews jersey and maybe a ninety one jersey if something goes right on July first. 
Tavares isn't a free agent for two more years. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to call Kevin, and we'll go live. But let me one second. I'm going to give him a ring ring right now, okay? So I'm going to mute myself out for a second. You guys can continue talking about soccer if you like. Well, no, not not really. Other uh, Dan, I don't, uh, we won't talk about this a lot, but I turned the game off when Messi hit that co- hit that uh, free kick. Yeah, if you if you want to know why Messi is the greatest player in the world, I think that thirty second span will tell you all you need to know. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was funny that the you the think? Uh, I mean that was unbelievable. That really was. I'm sorry. That shot. The thing is, the thing is too, if Guzan, if he waited for Guzan to lean. And as soon yeah. as he leaned in one direction, he put it where he was. If Guzan stayed still and didn't get caught flat-footed, he might have gotten to that. Probably not, but he might have. Yeah. Um, but that was just an absolute perfect shot because a lot of guys would curve it the other way. Yeah. He went over the wall because so he kind of screens the goalie a little bit, and somehow he had enough overspin to bring it under the bar. It was incredible. Yeah, he went he went over the river and through the woods. I mean, it was that. It was that. I mean, honestly. A hockey comparison is the Iserman goal against the Blues back in the yes. night. Yeah, so who was in goal? Was it John Casey? John Casey. It was, a, yeah. it was an absolutely – I mean, Casey was in perfect position. Now, I, you're right. The goaltender was leading the wrong way. He waited. It was, it, you know, it was funny that the announcer was like, well, he's patiently tying his sneakers. And like, but you don't think – you don't think as a goal – I play goalie for a long time. You don't think that a guy's going to go over the wall in that direction. You think he's going to go the other direction on the outside of the wall. And believe it or not um, – when when the ball is kicked properly, you can hear it's the spin. Yeah. You're, you're, the goalies actually can listen for the spin. If left to right spin is one sound, and a right to left spin has another sound, so right. you have a really good idea when the ball's going to be moving on you. But that thing was over 100 miles an hour, and I don't think anybody was stopping it. And the sound that he heard was the ball whizzing by his head and, and hitting the cords. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, we now have Kevin on the line. Say hi, hi Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, guys. Excellent. So we got Kevin, and we got we got you guys are hearing him okay. Sounds okay. Yeah, it sounds great. Good, good, good. Thanks to the UA Boom today. We want to thank this little little speaker phone thing. This is. Hey, can I say uh, this is the first time I'm using uh, uh, the MacBook Pro Air? The, the, the quality on this is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. You guys look like you're in high definition. It looks great. Oh, that's well, awesome. You look good too. I, I would use my MacBook Pro if it was working. <laughs> well, let's not go there. Um, we were just talking soccer, Kevin. Did you see the game last night? Oh uh, yeah, unfortunately. You know, it was a typical result. They are what they are. They are they are a mid-level soccer team. They are they're very good. They can beat you know maybe the 15th to 15th ranked team and up in the league. But you really see the separation when they play the cream of the crop. Yeah, but really I've heard the difference I, when they play the best teams in the world. I've heard they're going to move up to the higher level for like the last 15 years, and they still haven't done it. And you know, no. soccer is more popular in the United States than it's ever been, and they seem to be stuck in that middle of the road. It's infuriating. Because at the end of the day, the best athletes in this country still don't play soccer. I believe that. You believe yeah, that? Thing. soccer has the same problem that hockey has. Um, yeah. You know, we don't always get the, we don't get the best athletes in hockey, and we don't always. They you know always end up in soccer as well. They, you know they end up in the you know the the, high, the more visible sports in our country and in every other country the the athletes are going to do soccer the top athletes. That's really and true. It, it, I it, also it, think it has to do with a little bit of coaching too. Like I think the fact that we have. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I think because I mean really when you go to the top soccer clubs the coaches are all from overseas still. You know like we still don't. Yeah, you know, the point like I've always said like the like well, no, uh, Cl- Klinsmann's German. Right, there's some, and even even like even with the youth soccer, youth soccer soccer guys, you know, they're always, 
you know, they're English or they're, you know, they're they're from South America. At least is what I found in my in my realm with the higher level soccer clubs. And it's almost like you know any of us could sit down and coach a baseball or a football game at any time. You know, because we just grew up with baseball or football, but not enough people right. have grown up with soccer. Like when we when I when we were kids, at least you know, 30 years ago when I was a kid, soccer was. I played it, but I but it was very much the last thing you'd play. Where now there's so many soccer players, you have to think that in like 10, 15 years we're gonna have a lot of soccer coaches coming from that. Well, Atlanta. if you know, if LeBron James, Steph Curry, you know Odell Beckham, if they grew up in different countries, they they be they be soccer players. It's just a matter of you know trying to get the best talent in the in the United States to to go towards this game. And one thing that's helping, I think, is the fact that you can watch every game now. You can watch every you know Premier League game. You can watch yeah. La Liga. You you couldn't do that when you were a kid. So now you so these these kids can wake up every Saturday morning and watch the best players in the world. And they can also see how much money they can make. I think that will help as well too. <laughs> Kev? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I also think that even though we're, we're down the road a little ways in our development now, we still haven't gone so far enough to where it, our players are control. You know, we're still technique-driven. We're still, um, you know, driven by practice where in other countries, you know, the, the dads, when the kids are three and four years old, the dads will all play soccer, so they're you know, they're out the backyard, and the kids are just sort of learning sort of to play without thinking. And yeah. we still in America, I think, have to think and have to right. rely on our training. And uh, where other sports come, you know, more natural to us because, you know, when we're five and six and seven, our parents are out fooling around with us and throwing us a football or pitching us a baseball yep. or letting us shoot against the garage. and. Um, you know, we don't. You know, there's, there's still not picked up soccer games. It's uh, true. It's uh, really true. At the, at the youth level, it's all you know, uh, soccer camp driven and yep. and all that kind of stuff. They so, just start you know, that. Yeah. Uh, that, just, that just leaves us like a, a half step behind. I agree. I mean, it's funny. My son's not an athlete at all yet. I played hockey with him since he was a baby, and the one thing the kid can do is he can handle a hockey stick and shoot a shoot a you know shoot a puck or shoot a ball. And he's not an athlete in any other way, but he's got great stick control, you know. But that's just like you said. I taught him from when he was a baby. The second he could hold a hockey stick, we'd play hockey in the living room, you know. So. Well, I mean, that, that, that's what American soccer is going to need. I mean, everybody thought that when the name Freddie Adu came up, and then, you know, what was he, 15, 16 years old, and he was going to be some sort of wonderkind. They really need a Wayne Gretzky of soccer in the U.S. They need somebody to be a LeBron James and be a dominating player. And not, not you know, it, that it's easy, easier said than done, but I think that's what the U.S. needs to jump to that higher level. If, unless they get that, I, I think it's going to be a while before they get to that higher level. Right. Well, I mean, just I, look at look at where uh, look where USA Hockey was 20 years ago, and look where it is now. I mean, this draft is further proof of the of the development of the game in this country and how they continue to spit out amazing players year in and year out. So I think if you give it time, and once again, I think if you if you if these kids see the the lifestyle and what what's the, out there for them if they become soccer stars, I think you give it ten fifteen years, you could see you could see some really a peak in development. Totally agree, totally agree, man. But that but Messi, man, what mm -hmm. a, I mean, if you got it, it's just it's worth watching him. I mean, if I was looking into tickets, I got, I'm looking at tickets like on StubHub for what Sunday's game's all about, like five hundred dollars a seat. You know, it's crazy. That's not bad. There. That's actually not bad. I know, up in up in New Jersey, you know, at the Meadowlands, right? Yeah. So crazy, crazy. It's a caucus. Go ahead, Kevin. Speaking of tickets, Eklund, I, I want to tell you that uh, you know the the musical Hamilton is touring. Yes. And my 
my daughter just called to tell, tell me that she managed to get uh, tickets nice. to Chicago. So I got to go to Chicago. But I got obstructed view tickets. And how much do you think those cost? Uh, $500. File thinking 500 over I mean, over okay. 200 for abstractive view. I mean, that's insane for a, for a yeah. show. But even the Barclays doesn't charge that. Right from the theater, so no markup. So no markup. That's like that is that is something. That this that Lin Manuel is going to be a zillionaire. I mean, this guy has to be one of the richest people in the world. I mean, I mean, unfortunately, he's not getting any of the benefits of the huge markups of the prices, right? That's happening. But if he was actually getting what people are paying for tickets for that show, my God, holy cow! I mean, it's just crazy. Now in New York, it's like a thousand dollars a ticket to start. So, so Kevin, Kevin is paying what what Toronto fans are going to be paying for the draft tickets on Friday because the the report is that twenty and thirty dollar draft tickets for Friday are going on StubHub for two hundred dollars. Wow! Wow! For the wow. draft. That's that's crazy. Well, I mean, this is a, it's a big uh, a big draft for him to be sure, and uh, you know, I think you know, I. I I, I will say this. This is the first time I can ever remember a fan base being so um, engaged in who a team might take in the third or fourth round. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I've seen sort of discussion, you know, on Twitter and everything about, you know, when they should take a goalie and if they mm -hmm. get this person in the third and fourth round. You know, uh, it, it's really remarkable. Um, how invested emotionally they are, you know, in this draft, um, and I, I think it's great. I think it's fun. Well, yeah, I mean, the the fan base has truly in in Toronto has truly bought into the into the rebuild, into the you know d drafting. They saw the success that Mark Hunter had last year. They now have eleven picks in this draft. Um, and there's talk about them drafting a goaltender, maybe with one of their one of their two second round picks. Um, and so, yeah, there. I think. You're going to see, and I've had to really study up. I've had passing knowledge of the draft for a number of years, but I've really had to study and and talk to some of these players to find out a little more about them because the appetite for the uh, the the, you know, the what these players are and how they are and what they could bring is is really uh, big with the league fans right now. Well, speaking of goalies, I'll tell you what uh, an NHL scout told me, and other scouts. Sort of alluded to this, but didn't put it distinctly as, as this guy did. He said, when you look at all of the goalies that are available this season, you know, because history tells you so, that one or two of these guys, you know, could end up being players. The problem is they're all the same right now, and none of them, you know, it's, it's hard to know. He said, so my, what I'm telling you is you're just as likely to find a good goalie in the fifth round as you will in the second round. Right. He doesn't think any of these goalies are worth, you know, jumping up and taking early because the guy you take in the sixth round could end up being better. That you know they're all kind of the same. There's no, uh, you know, Vasilevsky that can be identified or Samsonov like uh, uh, you know we saw in recent years as well. He said they're all kind of the same. Agreed. All right, this is the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com for June twenty second, twenty. 16. I've got Kevin Allen on the phone. We're also joined, of course, with our regulars of Michael Jello and Dan Petru. And you're watching the show, and we're just going to start right from there because we have Kevin for a limited amount of time. And but Kevin is in Las Vegas. I'm sure it's nice and cool outside. Kevin, it's got to be. It's it's 95 degrees here. What's it like there? Well, 
it was 108 when I landed yesterday. <laughs> oh, and, um, I, I heard they welcomed in the cool, cool air. Uh, I think they were expecting over 110 uh, oh, today. So, and uh, I, I've done my bit. I've been here now 16 hours, and I'm not much of a casino player, but I walked in and put $12 in the uh, slot machines and simulated the economy the best I could. Nice. Uh, and then I walked away. Uh, <laughs> and uh, concentrated on hockey. But, you know, we're all sort of awaiting uh, Gary Bettman to come out and tell us what we've all known, that the Las Vegas is going to be the 31st National Hockey League uh, uh, team and that they're going to begin play in 2017-18. And Bill Foley will be introduced as the new uh, owner of that team. And uh, uh, Murray Craven, the former NHL player, of course, will be involved in some capacity. I don't think we're going to know for sure what the uh, the expansion uh, draft will look like today. Uh, that's still sort of being uh, uh, finalized. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement uh, here in Las Vegas about this new team. Captain, Captain we, were, we were talking about it before. Do we know whether the team name is going to be the Black Knights, or do we have any idea what the team name will be? Well, I, I'm going to take uh, Foley at his word. You know, he has said publicly uh, in a newspaper article, you know, he is a West Point graduate, as a lot of people know, and uh, so Black Knight is personal for him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but he has said publicly that he uh, wants to allow his 14,500 original I think it's cool. I mean, we talked about it a little bit. I think it's a little bit. I don't want another black team, you know, as far as you know, black colored uniforms because I'm. Big well, fan one of thing though, if you guys Google, maybe you can Google it. If you Google the Army hockey jersey, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely oh, really? it's one of the best. It's one of the best logos in the game. So if they could mimic anything like that, I think it would be a home run. That's interesting. I never checked it out. I will. I will Google it now. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the. Um, I mean, we're obviously going to talk the awards tonight, Kevin. Is there anything? Special or interesting or any surprises you anticipate or what's the you know what are the closest calls what is the talk? Well, the, the talk is, is that somehow our good friend Connor McDavid is going to end up as rookie of the year. And really? I, I, I would be I would totally be shocked by that to be honest. Um, and not anything against Connor McDavid. I mean, I don't. I think it's clear as uh, as can be that he's the best player. You know, up for the rookie of the year, but you know he didn't really have the best season, and he no fault of his own because he couldn't play a full season. Right, you know, he was injured. So, so I I thought Panarin would would win hands down just based on that that he just didn't play enough games. But a, a lot of people seem to think that uh, you know he's going to come uh, through. That there may be some backlash against the fact that Panarin was older, which right uh, to yeah. me. Um, is not keeping with the spirit of the rules. Right. You know, if you're eligible, you're eligible in my book. Right. And if you don't like that, then change the rules. Uh, you, know, you don't just arbitrarily just ignore the rules saying, uh, you know, these guys are eligible. So, uh, saying all that, there's no rule that says Conor McDavid's got to play a certain amount of games. So now he's 
decide how to factor that all in. So uh, I, I don't see it. I think Panarin's going to win I, uh, just because he had the, he was consistent start to finish and he played all the games. But McDavid didn't. But uh, that's sort of been the buzz. People wondering whether McDavid is going to walk away. And wow. Some people say it would be fitting because Wayne Gretzky wasn't rookie of the year either. So right. That, well, uh, Kevin, it, it was weird because I had a discussion with a veteran hockey writer in April near the end of the season, and we were talking about Rookie of the Year, and he said, you know, Connor, he's going to vote for, I think he said he was going to vote for McDavid because I can't live with myself or I can't justify five years down the line not voting for McDavid when he's going to be the best player in the league. And I said to him, I says, well, he didn't have the best season. I mean, he had a great season, but he didn't have the best season. So it's not who, you know, the best player is going to be from the 2015 draft or from, you know, it's the best rookie for the 2015-16 season. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if McDavid wins it. I really wouldn't. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, the, the three that are up for it are all very good. Obviously, great. You know, Gossipier had a huge thing here in Philly that was phenomenal. Um, and he was his, probably the Flyers' MVP last year but uh, as a defenseman. But, you know, I, I, yeah, I think Connor McDavid's just the best player, obviously. But I agree with you. That's a tough call. It's a tough call. Uh-oh. We lost Kevin for a second there. I've got you, Kevin. Okay. Um, all right. Well, no, there is. I just don't think it's a tough call I mean, because of the way the rule is written. But... You know, yeah. I think the interpretation is uh, it turned out to be uh, you know harder than I thought it it, it would be. So it'll, you know it'll be interesting to see how that. But I, I don't really see uh, you know uh, the writers uh, don't deal with the coach of the year. I thought that was a difficult choice. I thought there were guys you know weren't finalists who were you know could have been up there too. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. want to vote for that, but. Uh, uh, I don't know. Gerard Blunt, by the way, is the Las Vegas favorite to win that award. He's less than even odds. So really? Yeah. Really interesting. Wow, that's that's crazy. Well, the the one I'm the one I'm curious about, Kevin, is is the Norris because, I mean, Eric Carlson has won the the award already, but I thought that this was Dowdy's year and Dowdy had a very good year and I'm just wondering whether the you know, with a lot of these awards, if somebody wins it once, they usually win it two or three times and Carlson is not dropping off. He's a fantastic offensive defenseman. I just think that his de- the defensive part of his game is, is sometimes a little wanting and I, I think a, D- a Dowdy deserves a Norris now or in the next couple of years. What do you, how do you think that's going to go? Well, I, I agree with you. I mean, I thought Dowdy deserved the award. Um, but, I, again, I think this is going to be uh, an interpretation-type situation. I mean, not, clearly, uh, Carlson is the best offensive defenseman in the uh, the league and by a country mile. Uh, and he uh, is a game-changing, dynamic presence on the game. But... Um, and Dowdy can't match that, but he, you know he's much better defensively than Carlson is. Uh, and you know he's a force, he's a physical force, he's he's a three zone defenseman, and he's pretty good offensively. I mean he had to. Uh, I think their goals are pretty comparable. Uh, it's just in his their assists uh, uh, that's that's different. So uh, you know to me it was a, it was a 
clear that this was to be Dowdy's uh, season, but you know, that's another one that I, you know, if Carlson wins it, I'm not going to say, well, boy, that's surprising. Uh, yeah. Just because he had a really, really, really good season as well. And the one thing that bothered me is I cast my vote for Dowdy, and I'll, I'll confess to this, was, um, you know, this was supposedly the best offensive season by defense of Bobby Orr. Well, that Bobby Orr name resonates with me. Yeah. <laughs> strongly. So, yeah, I'll say. So I, it, 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 I had paused when I, I, I voted for Dowdy, but um, I, uh, I had paused that Charleston was able to stay up in the scoring standings for as long as he did because, uh, uh, you know, Bobby Orr was a pretty special player. I'm not saying Charleston's Bobby Orr. I'm just saying he, you know, he was the, he had the best offensive season since then in terms of, um, you know, being able to be among the scoring leaders and so forth. Right, for sure. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about some trade rumors that are going on too. Um, one of the things I heard just before the show, and and you know, you would probably have a better, would definitely have a better idea about this. I've heard about the Calgary Flames goalie pursuit, which is something I've been following closely, and yeah. um, that the Mark Andre Fleury price is crazy high considering how many goalies are available. That's what I was told. It's just like that, you know, we could get them, but what do you have to spend that much to get a goalie right now if you're Calgary? Um, you know, to to ask for the first a first round draft pick. For a guy that's a salary, a salary dump from Pittsburgh is, is a lot, you know, um, and that Calgary, start, yeah. Calgary started looking at other options. Uh, one of them that I heard mentioned was Jimmy Howard um, in uh, Detroit. Um, any thoughts on all that? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the cost of Jimmy Howard wouldn't be much because the Red Wings really do sort of view it as a salary dump. Uh, um, you know, they need, they desperately need, particularly if they can't trade that big, I still think that's going to get worked out. But, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I, I heard the same thing that they they want an asset for Flurry, and um, you know I, I think ultimately they're not going to get much because there's too many goalies available, uh, and uh, uh, so I, I I think the Penguins are being foolish if that's what they're trying to do. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I it seems a little surprising to me that Calgary would be after Howard, but um, you know. Uh, because he's over five million dollars as well uh, for a salary cap hit, uh, and if you're going to pay for Howard, to me, you'd rather have Flurry. Although I wouldn't give a first round pick because the Penguins yeah. don't have many options. Well, that, and then I heard that the Detroit might hold some salary back on that one. Is that possible? Well, I mean, I guess anything is possible, but because you know they're pretty yeah. desperate. Yeah. Kevin, the, 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 the rumor out there was that uh, Calgary had talked to Anaheim, but Anaheim didn't want to trade him inside their inside their division. But the interesting thing, thing Howard is three more years at 5.2. Fleury is three more years at 5.5. Brad Living and Brian Burke scouted Jonathan Bernier twice 
last year, during the season last year, and now with Anderson in Toronto, you know, Bernier is a $4.1 million backup, so I think he's available, and he only is a one-year remaining, which it would give the Flames a goaltender who I think needs a second chance someplace else, and they wouldn't be taking a long-term commitment at big dollars, so you know, I don't think the value for Bernier is high, but I think that that might be an option that they might take. What do you What do you think? I I don't think so, Mike, and, and I because you know they've been down that path where they you know took uh, uh, okay, let's do this to hope it works out. Like they they want a we're gonna plug him in and we know what his safe percentage is gonna be. I mean, they were the only team below 900 in a team save percentage in a league with the average NHL goalies this year was at 9.16. So they're not going to take a second chance goalie or a. They want to know someone that they're going to have someone who you know is pretty predictable in what he's going to do. I mean, they're they're actually looking to do what Talon did in. Florida, if you remember when he made that deal, what he said was, and he talked about the state percentage, he, he said, the longer, you know, he had 9-17 or better everywhere he's been, good teams, bad teams, whatever, and that's what we need, because we just need guys to stop the buck, and I think that's what Calgary uh, is looking for, some level of consistency. So, uh, even though they can save a little money there, they could catch lightning in a bottle if Bernie gets up being, I, I just think they would want to go a more predictable uh, route. I mean, even though Howard had struggled last season, you know, his he, he, he did have some level of consistency. Yeah. Uh, you know, but prior to that, and Flurry, um, other than the hiccups he had in the playoffs for about four consecutive years, has also been fairly predictable in his performance level as well. Now, the the X factor is, is you know, what's Tampa Bay going to do? Yeah. If Tampa Bay commits to moving Ben Bishop, then you know he, he he might be the guy that Calgary should get because um, you know he's been very good and been yeah. the better of those those three goalies that we just talked about. Oh, I agree. I mean, if he's available, but it, it, that would seem like a no-brainer for Calgary to go after him. And he's 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 got so much potential, and it does seem like might need a might need to you know. I mean, they have so much going on there with Vasilevsky, and they have so much going on with the players they have to sign, which does sort of transfer us a little bit into the Stamco situation, um, which I wanted to get into with you. I mean, and Detroit's been mentioned there as well, obviously, and uh, as many as six teams. I've heard I've heard as many as 12 teams, and I, it's so it's so. this is the craziest UFA. And my, I'm going to throw this down as the craziest UFA since I've started doing it, the Stamco situation. What are your thoughts on it? Well, um, I, I doubt whether it's going to be 12 because of the dollar amount. Yeah. Um, there, you know, there's just no way. I mean, they'd have to dump all these contracts. And I, you know, I've had, uh, um, I've been on the radio show saying, well, those are some contracts. And, uh, you know, my question, my answer to that is, well, where are they going to dump them? Right. Because everybody's looking to dump, and there's no dumping ground anymore. Right. Um, so, you know, you got, if you don't have the money now, you're not in the standstill time. And you have to have the money there. And that's the revenue's problem, is they don't have the money. They, they have to trade. Uh, Dan, uh, Dabsuit's contract in order to be in. If they trade Dabsuit, they can be in. Uh, if they don't, they can't be in. Um, there's just no way. There's just no way for them to move those enough contracts. So I think there's the teams that we've heard about are all going to be in with, with the only exceptions we don't know about, um, uh, Detroit. But, you know, 
the Islanders are going to be in, the, the uh, Maple Leafs are going to be in, the Buffalo Sabres are really going to be in. Um, you know, uh, but all this uh, Montreal um, has a way to get in, I think, as yep. well. But all this talk about, well, this person, this team's going to move this back, but that's not going to happen. I, I, I don't see it unless there's somebody out there that's um, got some secret plan, but there's really no room to move these contracts that everybody's talking about. So, but the most interesting trade rumor that's circulating in in Las Vegas has been all this talk about Subin. Yeah, um, PK. Which is, which is really, in my mind, um, been a little surprising because, you know, three or four weeks ago, I heard, hey, look, you know, maybe the team would be open to trading, but he's so popular that they just didn't think, uh, people didn't think that the Canadians would do it. But um, now what you're hearing is, well, they might do it. Right. They got the right offer. How do you make a trade like that? Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on the Islanders getting in on this, possibly? Well, you know, we've been uh, we've been talking about this since, what, December, I think, is when we first started talking about the Islanders and Stamkos, and we've been following it since then, and it just it makes sense on one part where they desperately need an influx of talent, um, and I think they have, they have the cap room. They can make it work. Uh, they would have to move a couple contracts. They'd probably have to move Halak. Uh, they'd pro- they would definitely have to move one of Grabowski, Bailey, or Kuhlman, maybe two of them. But I definitely think they can make it work. Uh, and they, I think with new owners, that's something to, to think about too. These new owners might want to make a splash. I don't think they paid $800 million to sit on their hands. And this team, like I said, it needs more talent. Now, it would be interesting to see if, uh, for example, if Stamkos did sign with the Islanders, if he would play center. Because uh, that's the only thing that, that kind of – puzzles me a little bit if, if you're spending 10 to $11 million and you still don't have a winger for John Tavares. That would even be my only concern. And, and that seems to be a bone of contention with Stamkos. It's, it, I mean, that was... Right, right. We know that. Right. So, I mean, that, that, I mean not, to say, not to say that that's ex- exclusionary in terms of him going to the Islanders. I mean, it, you know, Tavares and him are friends, but I think it has to be right. more than that. And, the, and, I, and I, like I said to you, Dan, before... The fact that I know, and I know his contract is up in two years. But if you're paying Stamkos 10.5 and you're paying Tavares 5.5, you're going to at least have to match uh, sure. match Stamkos's salary. So you're going to be in a in a uh, Chicago Blackhawks situation with two matching contracts, which I'm sure you'll and you and all Islander fans will love. I, I just think in the end, this thing is going to be like the Brad Richards situation. It's going to be people going to Newport Sports in Toronto and pitching Stamkos on why you should come to our team and here's what we have. I think it's going to end up that way. because I don't think, they, I don't think Stamkos would run that circus. Not to the degree that Richards did it, I mean, at least. And, and I'm not even saying Richards. Richards kind of let it happen, and it wasn't a very popular thing around the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't think that didn't go over well last night. I don't see him doing it. But I, I know what Mike is saying. I, I, at least I think he's I, He's not necessarily saying he's going to run a dog and pony show. But, right. Um, but I, I do agree that the teams are going to be identified early, is what Mike is saying. I think. Yeah. And then every team will just have to make their recruiting pitch. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to happen, to, to be sure. I yeah. Mean, uh, it'll be. Uh, you know, the Red Wings selling him on, look, we're getting a new arena and you're going to be the guy here like you were in Tampa. Right. And, you know, 
you're going to be a mentor to Larkin. It'll be the Islanders. Team. You're going to play with Buddy John Tavares on, on the power play. Yeah. Um, it'll be, you know, great. And, the, um, you know, the uh, Buffalo Sabres saying, you know, you'll be part of a, you know, growing environment here. I will be your protege. You know, so everybody in the Toronto is saying, we're Toronto. And we're, we're doing, <laughs> you know, this is your hometown team. And look what we're doing here. And everyone's excited. And you're, uh, um, you know, your opportunities here. The one, one thing I will bring up is, you know, there's no state taxes. We all know in Florida, which is a big issue because that saves the athletes making a lot of money, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, if you go to Toronto, you will recoup that in endorsements. So there are more opportunities for yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. You know, being in Toronto. So all the stuff that I keep reading about, you know, saying, well, you know, the factor in that he'll make it does just come down to where he wants to play. I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's just—I right. mean—he's going to make a lot of money, a ton of money. Kevin, I, I've heard—I've heard it rumored that there's a there's an apparel business in Canada that is prepared to give Stamkos over three million dollars a year for an endorsement deal if he if he goes to Toronto. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. It's just been in the wind. But if that's the case, then he might take less than ten million dollars to go to a place like Toronto because that money is off the books. This kind of stuff fascinates me because I know you know that's totally crazy illegal with the CBA, right? Like there's I mean it's, it's not, not illegal, it's, but yeah. I'm saying that there's there's always this weird hazy area. I've heard it before mentioned, you know, of this endorsement stuff, right? Kevin, I mean this is a strange thing. Yeah, right? but I mean, you know, I, but this is you know, they can't stop that. I mean, right, you can't stop it, but they but, really frown on it. But, you know, but you know, Mike's right it's so here's the other thing. Mike's right, that, or somebody just said it about how he's going to go where he wants to go. Um, so let's not rule out that he may just say, "Give me nine million, I'll stay in Tampa Bay." Right. Yeah, that's that's you know. I know, I know. I mean, what are your chance if you were to you know you know how my rumored chart works and all that? You give me your percentages on Stamkos staying in Tampa Bay. Well, I, here's the issue. Like, I, I think if he said that to him, like they go, "Oh my God, <laughs> what are we going to do?" <laughs> Because I, I think this was a struggle for them. Yeah. Because I think they felt like he was gone, and now they've started to spend that money and distribute it amongst all the other players in the mine. And yeah. you know now how they're going to keep this player and that key player, and how much they can pay him. And now if he says, what if he says, okay, I'll play for eight point five million dollars, or I'll play for <laughs> nine million, you know, then they're going, oh boy, okay. So they'd like to keep him, and nine million is not unreasonable. Right. Um. And, but now they got real problems. I mean, we see how much trouble it is for the Blackhawks to keep their team together as they've lost their depth. Yeah. Um, so you know, this is this is a very complicated situation. And you know, you you know, I've I've had Tampa Bay fans say, you know, we love Stephen Stamkos, but you know, we need to keep Kucherov, and we got to get Hedman happy, and you know, so forth. So now, what I would say is. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a great point, Kevin. He's, he's a good player. He's a good player. But but he's not you know, like he you know, he, he's not indispensable. Right. You know, you can you can live without him. I mean, you know, he contributes and he supports and everything else. Yeah. So if you trade those two players, now do you have enough money to like to, to make Stamkos and everyone work? And now you put that plus in that and then 
Gotta do. That's how the NHL okay. works, isn't it? I mean, isn't that how GMs work? I mean, that's 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 the oldest. That's what they do. Um, let's talk Subban for a second because that is also fascinating to me. Um, and then we'll let you go. But I just I really want it because I wanted to get a thought on VC as well. But Subban, this is my thinking on this. I am with you. It's just I I mean, it's this is such a popular player in the city, such a and and Tarion is not a popular coach, and this really does <laughs> feel like. Tarion versus Subban in some ways. I mean, as, as a you know, I've heard Canadian people talk about this. Well, they're keeping Tarion. I don't know. He doesn't like Subban. Tarion has been obviously critical of Subban, and he's used Subban a couple times to kind of inspire the team by going at Subban. That's his way of doing things. So he's not a popular coach. Subban's an incredibly popular player. If they were to trade Subban and keep Tarion, I just I think I think you're looking at Armageddon in Montreal. Like that to me is I can't imagine what would happen. I mean I'm all for it because we'd make a hundred thousand dollars that day on our website. But we would yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean, Kevin? Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, I mean I, I, you know right now there should be T-shirts. You know trade Terry on Subban. You know. And I'm sure there are in Montreal. They're probably in French and we can't even understand them. But I'm sure they exist, and that's the reality. I. I have never heard more people on Ario side, at least, you know, ripping Terrian and and saying they can't believe they're giving him an extension. And then and then this PK is just such a, I mean, my gosh, if he's available, you've got twenty nine teams lining up for him. I mean, he's that's a crazy player that everybody well, wants. Yeah, you know, and let's say that let's just say we trade him to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a game home. Right. Uh, and now the minute you do that, what is my field defense? Yeah. The 102-year-old Andre Markov. Right. <laughs> He's playing on half of, half of one knee. He's got good right now. Petri. And, and, you know, and Petri, who everybody likes but doesn't love. Right. Um, you know, and... Emelin, who they've tried to trade. Emelin, they've tried to trade, right? Yeah, so they, and Emelin knows they've tried to trade him. So there's Nathan, that. And Nathan Bolio, and, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a pretty sight. I mean... It's nice to think about trading um, players, but sometimes it creates like a greater hole. Like you know, yeah. everybody in Columbus loves the loves the Ryan Johansson trade. We finally got the defensive. We need a top bearing guy, everything else. And now, what's the big talk in Columbus? Well, we don't have another one center. Well, right. yeah, you don't have one. You trade them. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Well, like, okay. <laughs> you create. Well, Kevin, the, the one thing would if if you put yourself in Mark Bergevin's shoes, if there's a year that you're going to trade a defenseman, this is it. When Alex Goligoski, who I think is an above-average defenseman, but he gets $5.4 on a new contract with Arizona, when the talk out there is that Jason Demers is a right-hand shot, is being offered over $5 million, $9 million for P.K. Subban doesn't look so bad. That's true. Yeah. But I think I think yeah. what's happening is I don't think the def- I had a debate with somebody about this earlier. I don't think the de- I know Galagoski. You think that's usually that that's going to be the price setter, right? That's going to set the price. Um, I don't think that's the case because I think teams are looking at like every team is different. You know, Arizona can pay that because they have the money to pay that, but no one else could pay that to Galagoski, and no one else. You know, and, and is Yandel? I mean, Yandel in Florida is still to me up in the air whether they get it done. Um, it sounds like it could get done. But it hasn't gotten done yet, right? Which brings us to VC real fast before we let you go, Kevin. Um, this has been another great story. VC's, um, I think, a, 
bit of a politician. I'm, I'm, I, have a, I think you could write a book on this one because, I mean, what's happened, in, what's happened through the Nashville situation until now and then the fact that, you know, the Buffalo, everyone's saying, oh, he just went to Buffalo because, you know, he doesn't really want to play there at all. When I think he does, I know you think he does want to play in Buffalo. Um, I think we've, we talked about that before. And and then there's Boston and his mo- his mom's in Boston, his dad's in Toronto. Um, you know, what's happening with this? What do you think's happening with VC? goes to July 1st, it's just a free agent anyway, right? So it doesn't matter. And this, I mean, Kevin, this was a calculated risk by Tim Murray because they had four third-round picks, and they and, and they had a nine-day, nine to ten-day window in which they could legally work on VC to get him to sign a deal. I, mean, I, think, I think it's longer than that, though. It's not a July one. Supposedly, supposedly after after July one, it's a there. And you may know better better than this. And if I'm wrong, I, I apologize. Many different reports on this. I'm so confused. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because from from what I heard, if he does not sign by July first, basically it's a 45 day blackout period until August 15th. So nobody can sign him, right? Or nobody can sign him. So ridiculous. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that that's possible. Yeah. I got to find okay, out I for sure. But yeah, find find out for sure because if that's the case. Here's what I heard. Here's a conspiracy theory. Then I'm gonna let you go, Kevin. Thank you so much for doing this today. Um, here's what I heard. The conspiracy theory is this. Okay, he did feel a little bit like he wanted. He was. He said to Nashville, "Trade me to Buffalo," because I do. He did want. He did want Nashville to get something for him. There was a little bit of remorse on all the stuff that went on in Nashville. <laughs> trade me to Buffalo. Check this out. This this is a totally conspiracy. Trade me to Buffalo because if you trade me to Boston or Toronto, it's going to be a mess. Trade me to a third team, a team with a you know I might sign there. That's possible. They're my third team on my list. But after Boston and Toronto, but um, Mike. By the way, Kevin, Mike has taped a. I mean, I mean, Dan has taped duct tape across his mouth that says no VC on it during this interview right now. That's how little he wants to talk about VC. But I'm just. <laughs> Like this, so so I think that I mean I'm just saying that I think that he, so what he's done here is he's made it, okay he's a free agent if it is true that he's a free agent July 1st anyway um, this avoids him having to deal with if I got traded to Boston or I got traded to Toronto and and said I couldn't really negotiate as a free agent because he really wants to negotiate as a free agent so he gets traded to a third team gives the Predators a pick 
and now he can actually be a free agent and not have to deal with it because you know Boston or Toronto would have pushed and pushed him until before July first. Now he can just go to July first and not worry about it. That's I don't know if that makes any sense. He's a Harvard grad, yeah, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, mean, I, I hope he's pretty good too. That's that's a good point. Well, the, the, the one the one <laughs> the one thing that the trade does accomplish is that it wipes away any chance of any kind of tampering charges because Nashville's got their third round pick. Buffalo has a chance to talk to him for uh, nine days. Uh, his agent came out yesterday and said Buffalo is on a short list, so that at least justifies Buffalo making the trade for him. But in the end, if it gets to July 1st, the two teams that will be guaranteed not to sign him are Buffalo and Nashville because he's already turned them down. So it'll be 28 other teams with Buffalo, with uh, Boston and Toronto at the at the head. There we go. Chat and Chat and Kirk getting traded or not, Kevin? Yeah, your name. I I say, I say yes. There's so much smoke that there has to be fire. I think so too. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, enjoy the yeah. enjoy the awards. Um, we'll talk to you afterwards, and um, and definitely want to have you on next week too as we go into the crazy UFA day. This is the fun time of year. Yep, sounds good. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Thanks Kev. Talk to you soon. Bye. This is Kevin Allen of USA Today. A little, um, bit, a little bit of news here. The Hart Trophy tonight will be presented by Batman, Michael Keaton. Oh, Batman. All right, who who else thinks, by the way, something that's kind of gotten forgotten about in this whole thing is last week, Batman releases this really crazy statement. I should have asked Kevin this, but I didn't want to keep him too long. We already did. Releases this crazy statement last week that that Gordy Howe will be remembered in a, what was the word terminology he uses? Um, Oh, man, I forget. In some kind of, like, endearing way, that there will be an, that there's some sort of, implying that something was to come, like implying it was a strange thing for the NHL to release. And I, I, I just started to think that maybe they are going to rename the Hart Trophy the Gordie Howe Trophy. That's the awesome. that's, that's tonight. I think everybody's okay with that too, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I definitely think so. I, I think that that's what should be should be done. It's a shame these kind of things happen after some. Well, time. I mean, if you, if, you if, if it does happen, I mean, I'm glad for it. But it's, isn't it kind of a shame that we don't do this? Until well, someone passes two, two away? things that should happen. I, I think the, the new Detroit Stadium. I, I look. I get it's Little Caesars Arena or whatever. They gotta they gotta find a way to make that Gordy Howe Arena. That, yeah. That's just that's the first thing. And the second thing, let's. I know they vote and do all this stuff, and we all vote and the fans vote and whatever. NHL 2017 should have Gordy Howe on the cover. There's a good. One. That's good. I like that. I really like that. I like that. Um, but that's not the NHL. Neither of those things. No, are it's the not. NHL. But there's no. a big campaign for that to happen right now. No, it, that would be fantastic. And nobody, nobody, nobody is more in, you know interested in the history of the game. Than, than I am, but I do think that some of the awards should be renamed for modern players. I, you know, you know, the, yeah. you know the, maybe you could say that's the Bobby Orr Trophy instead of the Norris Trophy. Maybe you could say, you know, they already had the Rocket Rush, Rocket Richard Trophy for the uh, for the most goals scored. I mean, you know, instead of the Lady Bing and the Selkie, I mean, maybe you can substitute in the names of prominent players that people. Have heard about rather than you know I mean Norris is the uh, Norris family for the that owned the Red Wings and the uh, I think they own the Blackhawks as well so I mean maybe because I think that helps promote the history of the game just as much as these names that nobody unless you're a big hockey fan knows what they're even about. If you want to know what the Hart Trophy is about, I bet, bet most people don't know. This is kind of interesting. A little stuff you should know on the Hart Trophy real fast. Um, the Hart Trophy is named in honor of Canadian Dr. David Hart. Dr. Hart, who donated the original trophy to the NHL, was the father 
of Cecil Hart, a former coach and general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. The trophy was first awarded at the conclusion of the 1923-24 NHL season to yeah. Frank Nib Nyber of the Ottawa Senators. The original Hart Trophy was retired to the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1960. The NHL began presenting a new trophy, which was dubbed the Hart Memorial Trophy in its place. With the exceptions of Tommy Anderson, Al Rollins, and Eric Lindros, every eligible player who won the Hart Trophy has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. How about that? With wow. the exception of Eric Lindros, Tommy ha Anderson, and Al Rollins, which uh, Rollins, everyone is in the Hall of Fame, which further goes to the point that Eric Lindros should be in the Hall of Fame, which I do believe. He will be. He will be. Um, but um, but I think you know this is a it's it was a doctor who donated this a long time ago. This is that to me that is a great yeah. thing he's had. He's had a great run. <laughs> he's yeah. almost had a hundred year run. He's had ninety year run, right? So let's yeah. um let's you can, let's, you can let's acknowledge him with a with a you can acknowledge him with a plaque and a uh, and a and a, a a presentation at the Hall of Fame and name at the Gordy Howe Trophy. I think Gordy Howe has had more of an impact on on the game than Doctor Hart. Yeah, I mean, and the Howe Trophy is just a great thing. I think, it, I mean, the Howe Trophy, it, it's, it sounds like heart. It has the same kind of feeling. It, it would be something that people remember, and it'll be something that, like you said, it gives a little bit more. I mean, he's actually much more historic than than Hart, you know, um, than Doctor Hart and all that stuff. And I think that this is a great. And I would not be surprised if the NHL did that tonight. I've heard a couple people talking about it. I don't think it's been something that they've widely talked about. But there's, this has to be the way to do it, you know. I, I think that's the way to go, for sure. Um, you know, that's that's my opinion. But um, yeah, if you want to grow the history of the game too, no, no offense to, to Dr. Hart. I, yeah, you know, people are gonna. You, it's easier to tell the story story of Gordy Howe and the impact he had on the game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's no question about that. No question, indeed. Um, wow. Okay, so do, we don't we don't have Russ today, so I guess we don't have a prospect of the day. Uh, I can well, I can give you a quick one. Yeah, why don't you give us one? Uh, I was actually talking a little bit about uh, this uh, Chase Prisky. Defenseman for uh, for Quinnipiac University. Nice. Um, his real uh, probably before before this year a, a late round pick uh, before the NCAA tournament maybe a mid round pick. Now you're looking at maybe early third round. Really really rising. Killed the combines. Uh, nice mobile defenseman. Uh, played prep school with Got Shane Gothespear. A similar type player has untapped offensive ability. Uh, big hitter. If you uh, go to YouTube and Google his name, he he has laid out some some kids and uh, just a good young player uh, from my school. I've seen him play a ton and really excited for him to get drafted. And if you if you got a third round pick, you, you definitely someone you should take a look at. I like that. I like Chase. And um, you know, this is um, I know as many of you probably don't know, this is where Dan went to college too, right? So. Yep. I've seen him play about 25 times, and the more the, it's funny when you watch a kid just grow over the course of a season. From, uh, yeah, this kid looks good. Okay, this kid has a chance. Then finally, this kid's gonna play in the NHL, and I, I fully believe that about him. Let's see if we can get Chase Prisky over a um, thousand followers. He's got 815 followers on Twitter, so why don't we all follow him? Um, at Prisky4, so that's at P-R-I. I'll bring this up right now since this is working. Um, we While go. we're doing that, we can try to get me over ten thousand followers. We'll get there. Don't be. And let's get me to two thousand. I'm gonna. My oh my! Holy cow! I got. <laughs> hey, if we're giving out, if we're giving out followers. I got some. I got some. We're working. We're working here. I like it. I like it. All right. We'll see what we can do about that. But, um, <laughs> risky for of course. Now the thing is not working. But um. Anyway, I just wanted to. Uh, it's tough to give him followers when it's not working. No, yeah, it's at Prisky for. I'm gonna follow him right now. And uh, we should all follow him. Um, P R I S K I E four, um, and he's a uh, you know South Kent School alum, Quinnipiac University. 
Uh, number 13 does look like a big, big guy. You know, he tweets a lot about um, different things. He It's Quinnipiac, not Quinnapac. Quinnipiac, sorry. Quinnipiac. I've heard worse. Believe it or not, I've heard worse. I've heard Quinnipiac before. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's a brilliant one. He looks like he has a really good sense of humor, actually. A lot of his tweets are kind of funny. He retweeted the Florida Panthers yesterday, which is fascinating, um, saying, when you see number 12, the Florida Panthers host the New York Isles, um, you're st and it, it's a funny, oh, man, this whole thing is so messed up. Sorry, my computer's so messed up. But it, it has a funny little picture of, um, oh, wow. This Oh, when you hear when you see number 12, the Florida Panthers, this is what he says. You see number 12, uh, the Florida Panthers host New York Islanders, and you're still waiting for the tripping call on Trotschek. That's his last tweet. So obviously an Islanders fan, um, still kind of pissed off at that. So he and he has a picture of like a... No, he's a it sounds like he's a Florida fan because that, that was the, that was that was what... Uh, Allowed the the Tavares tying goal. All right, that's right, 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 right. That's right. Ooh, sorry. Yes, yeah. he has an angry SpongeBob there um, picture. <laughs> so that's what he's that's what he's saying. So he's obviously saying uh, that he doesn't agree with that very much. So it's interesting. I, I like this. This is good. This is good. This is very good. So yeah, a little, a little under the radar, but definitely someone who is rising. And he like, he's just real. He's fun to watch. He had a great freshman year at Quinnipiac, and I I can't wait to watch him for the next couple of years. Yeah, no, it seems like a it seems like a funny kid. He's got a lot of fun tweets, so follow him for sure. It's worth following, and um, that'll be that. I can't show you his thing, which is freaking making me angry. But oh, this is a little bit of a tweet of it. So there you see it, a little bit of it. Um, uh, just there you can see his little tweet there, and he's got a lot of fun tweets. Um, and he's yeah, so there he is, Chase Frisky. All right, so um, and there you have it. Uh, what else we have on Doc? I think we're pretty good. Sorry, I got a little bit thrown by all the stuff going on today, but we've got a lot coming on still. I'm going to have another blog up around 5 o'clock or so, in the 5 o'clock hour. Let me get rid of this picture here. You can see me. Yes, please. Uh, thank you. Sorry about uh, Around the 5 o'clock hour. Um, I'm expecting a lot. Like, I did talk today. I didn't talk too much today about the Flyers. Um, they're in my blog, um, and they are being in very aggressive. Um, Flyers fans can be happy about that again because the Flyers will be back in the rumor world because for a couple of years they have just been non-aggressive and um, you know they used to be they used to always be a part of this thing. Go ahead, Dan. Well, yeah, uh, I, definitely a team that I've, I've heard a lot about too. It seems like they're going to be very active. I, I definitely think they want to add some scoring. Uh, they definitely need to. They want to add to their top six, and it'll be very interesting to see what they do. Are, are they a team that can maybe move some money around? And make a and if they do, that's what you got to watch right now. Any team that no, moves I money around, you know agree. why they're moving money around for is to take a run at Stamkos. I do agree with that. And last year there was a lot of people who told me about the Flyers and Stamkos. Uh, this is not. It's funny because that's a very old school Flyers type thing to do. Um, but at the same time, you know what we don't know about Hextall, and this is I'll give everybody like a little Hextall thing for a second. Is what makes him fascinating is yes, he is he's been very passive as a GM, but we all watch Textile play. He's not a passive person. No, no, <laughs> um, no. What, what, you know, and, and with Kevin we, and I had this discussion the other day, and we talked about, okay, Hextall is one of these guys who, you know, was so different on the ice than he is as a GM, and I said, yes and no. I mean, the, the, where he is the same is, the, is a stubbornness. That, Hextall's personality, there was a huge stubborn aspect to it. Like, you couldn't come near his crease or you were going to just get killed. He was he, he was very cut and dry, black and white. But if you did something he didn't like or if he wanted to do something, nothing would stop the guy. Like he, that, and I think what, he is, what you've seen so far is his stubbornness not, the stubbornness to get rid of the other contracts, to move it out of there, to let things fade away. 
but there's going to be another side of that that we're going to see, um, and it, that's where I think you'll start to see him being a lot more like the player Hextall that you remember, and I think that's coming soon. His, his, oh. ability, his ability to stick to his plan is crazy intense, and that's what I've been impressed by so far. Mike? Well, one, one thing that people have to look out for here when it comes to free agency and some trades that are going to happen this weekend, the salary cap figure was determined yesterday, $73 million. Yeah. Right now, and I know I got some feedback from Leaf fans who were saying, "Oh, you know, the Leafs are at 65 million. They don't have enough room for Stamkos." You got to remember that every player who's on LTIR right now counts against the cap, and right. you could and teams can go 10 percent over the cap. That means 80.3 million. Now the Leafs have two guys, Stefan Robida and Nathan Horton, who will immediately go to LTIR next year. So they, can, you know, they're actually not at 65. They're at 50, uh, 57. 57. They've got, they've got, they have tons of room. Plus, they are probably going to trade Tyler Bozak, and you know, there's the possibility. I just read something that Joffrey Lupul believes he's played his last game as a Maple Leaf, which means either he may be bought out or maybe traded. So they're going to clear more salary. I, I don't think their current situation. It's the, the numbers are a little, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, it is a little. Disconcerting, a little, uh, you know, just, you know, they they show that they're not exactly accurate. So, teams, there are a lot of teams out there that have a lot of money, and Toronto is one of them. So, for those who think they're out of Stamkos, and not by the slightest. Yeah. No, I don't I, think you can worry about cap space right now. I don't think you can. If, no. if, if Stamkos tells you he wants to play for you, you sign him and you figure out you what's going on. You find a way, right. You find and, a way. Uh, People keep saying, oh, you know, they don't have cap space. They don't have cap space. These man- general managers will find a way. Even if they got to trade a second or third round pick with a bad contract, they will find a way to, to, to get under the cap and even get manageable under the cap. I mean, look at that Blackhawks trade. That's, that's proof enough. Okay, they had to trade a young prospect, but they created cap space. Yeah, and there's it's a, it's it's a one year problem for Toronto because next year right. 16 million in cap room drops off. Right, right, right. And then like I, I agree with you 100 percent, Dan. That if, if a team wants if it's, if if Stamkos says I want to play for you, you're you're gonna you're gonna find a way. And 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 I, I I even think Detroit, you know, Detroit can trade Datsuk's contract. It's just that they're not willing to do what it takes to trade it right now. Right, because right, you might have to include like a Jerko or some right. younger player. But the price is going to go. The price year ago. Yeah. <laughs> but the price is going to go up as it gets closer to July first because if they if they are truly if they're truly in the race for Stamkos, I mean, once Saturday hits and they teams can talk to them, if, if if all of a sudden you know they have an indication from Newport Sports that they could they they can actually sign them, that's going to get out there and then teams are going to say, oh, you want you want to open up seven and a half million? Give me your first round pick. Right. Which they, do, which they might do, right? Which they might do. I mean, if, if it means getting Stamkos, that's what they right. got to do. It's a lot easier to make that trade once you know you have to make it. You know, and if they have to move him, they have to move him. If they and if they have to move Howard, they they take a little bit of a salary to make it happen. They can make it happen there too. They there's no question that they they have a lot of. I mean, they're an interesting team in that they've got some good young players. Obviously, you know, in Larkin is a is a solid young player. They it's hard to say. Are they closer to winning a Stanley Cup than other teams? You know, we always talk about they're it. On the way down. I don't think I they're like on the Larkin. Way down. I like An- Anastiu. Is that how you say it? Anastiu. An- An- yeah, Anastiu. I like. They do have some good young players, and I, we don't I'm know not, what. I, I'm not saying that they don't, Dan. But I'm just saying. Mantha. 
Yeah, yeah, no, they've got Mantha's a great player. He's going to be a great player. He's, Nyquist and Tatar and Eric. I, mean, I, I think they're. I don't it, think they're on the way down. It's defense and goalie. It's defense and goalie. They need to tighten up. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think they're on the way down. I think they're. I think they're. They're. They're a flat team right now. They're treading think, water. Right. Right. I they're think, not bad I, enough to get a good draft pick. Right. Right. And I. But they. They are. They are an attractive team to play for. Um, people do want to play for the Red Wings, so it's not hard to get UFAs to go there. Um, that is one of the teams that people want to play for, especially now that they're in the Eastern Conference. That has helped them a lot, I've been told, in that for sure. Um, but that's about all the time we have today. Um, the show should be called Jerko. Um, we need a sh- we're going we're to start titling the shows. I was thinking, oh, man, that's a good we one. We already talked about VC. We did talk about VC, I know. Ha, ha, ha. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. And we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow will be the day before the NHL draft, so things are getting crazy. Stay tuned to Hockey Buzz. We'll talk to you soon. Remember that the buzz is just hockey. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.